Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Does thinking about the future ever scare you, or do you find it unsettling at times? If you answered yes, you may be surprised to know that you can find a lot of company in the Bible. In Daniel chapter 10, the prophet is being shown the future of the world and being comforted by God at the same time. The Lord has been explaining His love for His children, and then He explains to Daniel some unseen realities and the necessity of our honesty with God. This settles Daniel's heart, and he receives God's strength and peace. If you long for that, here's Pastor Jim to conclude his message, Strengthened for Battle. And so he gets the touch of God, followed by God's declaration of God's love for Daniel. Those are things that we need if we're going to survive very, very difficult times. This is meant to encourage Daniel and all of us to look for strength, not to depend upon our own strength. It doesn't mean that we're idle, but we look for strength to come from God. So the assurance of God's love, how much have you really thought that through? Christianity is a thinking man and woman's religion. When you go for a walk, do you, do you think about these things? Seriously, you should. See, the assurance of God's love is meant to touch your heart. It is meant to renew you. It is meant to give you strength. It is meant to give you courage. You see... We all know that no matter how life goes, when you live long enough, you know that at some point in time, the road is going to get very rocky for you. No matter what, it is going to happen. Remember, we said that we really grow close to God when we suffer because that's when we really call upon him. And it's going to get rocky. It's going to get rough. But notice what God's love does. The touch of God and God's love puts Daniel up on his feet and moving again. And then he's ready to hear, don't fear, Daniel. You're safe. It's going to be okay. How very personal God is, isn't he? I mean, I'm so thankful God gave us the stars. Because I like to look out and I'm like, wow. You're big. And then I just sort of like, but you know my name. Like, what's up with that? (laughs) He's so personal. He knows your name. Yet, this is what we have to understand, really understand, because this is kind of stuff that you have to read really old dead people to kind of get it, because it's sort of not a popular message in the church that God calls you and I to a new and very different life. I mean, just think about it for a second. God says he loves you so much that he gives you his son. Jesus Christ comes and he dies on the cross in your place for your sins. Of course God demands committed followers of Jesus Christ. Of course God demands a committed church. 
I mean, that would be unreasonable to do that and go let you live like a brat. You see, when we come to the cross of Christ and we see Jesus, let me ask you, what is he worth to you? Is Jesus worth leaving Babylon? Let's think of Babylon like Egypt, like a type of sin. And so many of the people didn't go back to the promised land. But isn't Jesus worth leaving that stuff behind? Isn't Jesus worth the effort it takes for the mission to build his church here on earth and to share the good news of the kingdom of God with the world? Isn't Jesus worth serving? Remember how many times have we said, if you don't see Jesus as a servant on the cross serving you, you'll never be a servant. Never. It's not happening. Because eventually somebody will look at you cross-eyed and you'll be out the door. Isn't Jesus worth serving and sacrificing for? Even when it's hard? Even when you get no recognition? Except for knowing the fact that Jesus and God sees your love for him? This is the essence of what Jesus did. Jesus left the comforts of heaven. To come to this dump. (laughs) Really? To serve us. To grow the kingdom of heaven. All the way to the cross for the glory of his heavenly father. And so you and I could know his heavenly father through him. So in verse 12, Daniel's told that God has heard your prayers. And for Daniel, the fact that God loves him and he's heard his prayers, that's enough for him to press on. He doesn't need any more than that. You see, when Jesus enters into your heart, and I don't mean some cheesy thing, when he really breaks into your heart, you don't need all the answers anymore. You don't need the answers anymore to have strength in difficult times. That's what trusting him is about. That's why the apostle said, I glory in tribulations. Because those things will make us much stronger. You see, when you know Jesus, in general, not all the time, you will feel less alone in the world. God will give you a new family, a new church family to walk with you. Problems? Yes, plenty. Alone? Never. Never. That's part of what we mean when we say we're motivated by grace. The grace of God and the love of God and the power of the Holy Spirit are the source of genuine strength for Christians that are in it for the long haul, not temporary ones. Well, number two is shorter, except the unseen reality. Verse 13, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia, who's he? Withstood me 21 days. Now remember, this is an angel talking. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes. So that's Michael, the archangel. So what are the princes? They're angels. Came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. 
So this unseen world we're getting a glimpse into. Verse 20, Daniel's told, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. Another guy is going to come. Verse 14, now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. The scripture is crystal clear. There is an unseen world of spiritual warfare. People do not play with it. If you ever need a reason to stay away from drugs, there it is. Do not play with it. And Daniel 10 gives us a brief glimpse inside. We'll, again, we'll talk more about this Wednesday night, but here we see the demonic realm influences what? Nations. Nations. Notice he's called the prince of the kingdom of Persia, the prince of Greece. When we go to the New Testament, after Jesus ascended to heaven, 1 Timothy 2, 2, the apostle Paul commands us to pray for those in authority. And you know, a lot of pastors have been run out of town for doing it. Years ago, pastors were run out of town for praying for President Obama. Then other pastors were run out of town for praying for President Trump. No doubt, some will be run out of town for praying for President Biden. Now, here's the reality. You may love or hate any type of leadership we have in our country, but remember we say that we get the leaders we deserve. It's pretty clear when you read First and Second Kings. But you must pray for them. The Apostle Paul says you must pray for them. And I would say you must pray for them, especially when you hate them. Especially when you completely disagree with them. Why? Because there really is a prince of the kingdom of Washington, D.C. There is really the demonic influence riding the politicians to try and get them to hurt God's people and to ruin God's causes. Please don't disobey God on this. No matter how you feel about Joe Biden or Phil Murphy or how you felt about Donald Trump, they should be on your prayer list. And after that, you should say, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, keep those princes of the power of the air that we cannot see away from them. Again, because the prince of the kingdom of Washington, the prince of the kingdom of Trenton, wants to hurt God's people and our children and grandchildren desperately need our prayers in this arena. And so the next time you go into a prayer meeting and pray for someone that the rest of the crowd in your meeting doesn't really like, and they go, why did you pray for that guy? You say, because God told us to. And I believe there's a prince of the power in that kingdom that I want to keep that guy at bay. I want to keep him away from them. The apostle Paul said, we battle these powers the Apostle Peter said, they seek to devour us. 
say to me, do you ever see it, Pastor Jim? I would say I see it almost every day. You say, really? Well, I'm not just talking about politics. How about when people just fight and disagree and quit over just little tiny things? Who do you think that is? When people are selfish, joyless, and lazy. How often, not always, but how often could it be that we are failing to ask for God's help to fight the unseen reality? And this is going to get a lot of people mad. I know it. But I often find that it's those who say they pray the most who discount this unseen world that cause the most issues in a church. Because they're just kind of praying, but they are unaware often of this unseen world. Step number three in strengthening for the battle Be honest with God. Remember, he's just preparing Daniel for the vision. Verse 15, when he had spoken such words to me, I turned my face toward the ground and became speechless. And suddenly one having the likeness of the sons of men touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke, saying to him who stood before me, my Lord, because of the vision, my sorrows have overwhelmed me and I have retained no strength. For how can this servant of my Lord talk with you, my Lord? As for me, no strength remains in me, nor is any breath left in me. So having seen the unseen world, and it is exhausting if you've seen it. (laughs) Having seen the unseen world, he is absolutely exhausted. We might say he is spent. And that's what he says to the Lord, essentially. He's like, I am spent. I am full of sorrow. I'm so weak. I can't even really talk. And it's like he's saying to God, and now you're going to tell me that this battle is going to continue and I can't even see my enemy? And God's like, yeah. Yeah, that's it. You might be sitting there now, Daniel's kind of feeling the same way, like, God, you think you can give me some vision and some ministry now? And God would be like, yeah, in fact, I know I can. What's our part? True humility. To honestly see and confess our own weakness and our own inability to God. Yet, The good news of the gospel is this, that we don't need to clean ourselves up to come to God. God loves the cry of, I am helpless. God loves the cry of, help me, that shows our dependence upon him. Taking notes, Mark chapter 9, this guy's son has an evil spirit. And the father is just beside himself. The apostles, they try to do something about it, but they just get in the way. Jesus says this, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. And the father doesn't go, oh yeah, I believe. Don't worry about it, man. Come on, come on. No, the father cries out with tears. What does he cry out? Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. I believe you can do it. I just don't believe it right now. I believe you might be able to do it for her, but not for him. 
but not for me. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, the apostle Paul is crying out to God that he needs help. Jesus shows up and says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. I don't know about you, but that's one of my greatest hopes. That God's strength is available to me in my weakness. I hope it is for you too. And if it's not, make it one now. We go back to the Old Testament when they were having trouble rebuilding the second temple. Zechariah 4, 6 says this. So he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was building the temple, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So we go from receiving God's love to accepting the unseen reality to being honest with God to step number four in strengthening for the battle, receive God's strength and peace. Verse 18, then again, the one having the likeness of a man touched me and strengthened me. And he said, oh man, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be to you. Be strong. Yes, be strong. So when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Lord, let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. You see, he's completely exhausted, yet he's strengthened by God. And he's reminded once again that he's greatly beloved. You don't hear God going, listen, since you're such a piece of garbage, since you're so useless, since you're so pathetic. You hear a lot of Christians talk. That's the way they talk. You hear a lot of songs on the radio. That's the way they sound. I hear them sometimes. I'm like, I feel bad for you, bro. Seriously. You're like, you talk to your radio? Yeah, I'll talk to anybody who listens. I'm a preacher. <laughs> In fact, I don't even care whether they listen or not. <laughs> but he's not like that. He strengthens him, reminds him he's greatly loved. He's told again, fear not. Why? You are safe. And he says, peace to you and be strong. Yes, be strong. And now Daniel is ready just to receive the vision that God has for him. He's strengthened before he hears the word of the Lord. And he's strengthened for the word of the Lord. And I don't know if there's too much of a better prayer you can pray for yourself before you come to church. There's other things you should pray for. Pray for the glory of God above all things. But just to say to the Lord, Lord, I want to come today and I just don't want to go through the motions of church. I don't want to punch the clock. I want to be strengthened by you and for you. To me, the past 20 months has shown us that the church in America is really divided. The only thing I can really say, the reason it's divided is because it was not strengthened for this battle. It was not ready at all for what was coming down. And you know, the prince of the power of the air, the prince of the kingdom of Washington, D.C. is probably like, <laughs> we're just getting started. Are you ready to rumble? <laughs> like, this is nothing. This is all it takes. 
But now, empowered by the Lord, Daniel is ready to stand strong in the spiritual battle. He's ready to stand strong for the hearts of the people of God. You see, Daniel has the proper balance. You see, Daniel's not one of those guys where he's like, there's a demon behind every corner. There's a demon under every rock. He's not like that. He's not one of those guys who's like, there's a demon in every temptation. Oh, it's not me. It's the demon of lust. It's not me. It's the demon of alcohol. Daniel would have been like, no, I drink too much. (laughs) Nor what's more common now is that people ignore spiritual warfare and we end up weak and unprepared. At the Last Supper, before literally all hell was going to break loose, Jesus says this, John 14, 27, to the apostles, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That promise of blessing and peace was big to Daniel here in chapter 10. It was big to the apostles in John 14. And it should be for us as well, because true followers of Jesus Christ, those who've put their trust in him, are safe and secure in him. Is it important that we pray? Yes. Can we rejoice that angels are fighting for us? Yes. But there's more. 570 years after Daniel, we see the ultimate reason we can be strong and safe in the Lord in the person of Jesus Christ. On the cross, Jesus won the victory for his followers. And those are simply those who've put their trust in him. And that can be you today if you never have. No amount of evil princes could defeat Jesus. Sin could not defeat him. Death could not defeat him. And he took it all away for us. And he even took away the judgment of God for our sins from us. Romans 8, 38 and 39 says this, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers nor things present nor things to come, nor height nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I mean, this is cause for rejoicing. For all of us who have put our trust in Jesus, because you are the beloved of God. And that is so important when you are in the midst of battles, especially when you dare to go where angels tread, and you're willing to fight the battle for the hearts and souls of other people, including your own heart, and your own soul. I found a few things in my life that I've noticed that fear can be defeated by God's love. And when that's defeated, that gives us peace, which gives us confidence and strength and boldness. We are then motivated by God's grace and God's love to serve the Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit who provides us with more of God's strength, more of God's power, 
and more of God's peace. Now, some of you right now in this part of your life right now, you might feel exceedingly weak. Can I give you some really good news before we end? Sometimes God takes your strength so he can be your strength. Let me say that again. Sometimes God takes your strength so he can be your strength. To show you all you can be in him. To show a church all we can be in him. May we all care more about spiritual matters than earthly comforts. May we be strong for the glory of God. And should the Lord not return right away, may we be strong for a generation that so desperately needs us to love them and to be strong in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to bring you hope, encouragement, and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Please pray with us that Changed by Love will make a profound difference in many lives. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Teaming together in prayer is the key to a spiritually rich life. It really does take a team of praying individuals to reach thousands. Thank you for being a part of the Change by Love support team. To find out more ways to team with Change by Love, go to our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you could call 862-217-9686. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.